Okay. Is everybody recording? Uh -huh. Yes, sir. Oh, oh my great. God. Wow. So this is the Flipbook Podcast. I am Kyle. You are Riley. Special guest, Gabe. Oh, special guest. Teabagger Duran. <laughs> he's just teabagging Chewbacca. It's super yes, exciting. I saw he's on the mug. He's got his Puerto Rican flag in the background. <laughs> his gaming glasses on. He's ready to go. Oh, he does have gaming glasses on. I, I... By the way, I admire those. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. They're like 80 bucks. Gunners. <laughs> Hey, 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 but check him out, check him out. Holy I felt my heart wow. stop a bit. That's pretty fucking cool, I'm not gonna lie. That is pretty good. Yeah, that's definitely worth $80 for sure. Nice. <laughs> for those definitely. of you who can't see, cause, which is all of you, because it's not a video podcast, it's got a bunch of inscript, like, little little things on the sides. Oh, Kyle's got Dollar fifty. Look at that, wow. deals. We're, if we're all talking about deals, dollar oh. fifty. Uh, I bought, oh, I bought this game. tape. I don't know. <laughs> Like I shot, it's the mint game, and Riley just holds up duct tape. Uh, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually gaff tape. Uh, excuse you. I don't think I actually. Uh, <laughs> again, audio medium. I'm just tossing out fingers. Uh, so I'll just tear right off into this. Oh, okay, this well, is the flipbook podcast we... game. So here's what happens on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I've researched a weird story. All right. That's true. I've gone into too much detail on it. Okay. I yeah, to the point where you're like, that's a bit much. <laughs> and but it's always weird. And so last week, added the group message, I promised a real life ray gun. Mm -hmm. Oh. We're gonna we're gonna have a ray gun. Okay, okay, a real life ray gun, oh boy. So David Hahn was born on October thirtieth, nineteen seventy six, and was raised in Gulf Manor, Michigan. I also just realized we're recording on October thirtieth. Oh my god. That was not meant to be. Uh, David's <laughs> parents divorced when he was a toddler, and he lived with his father and stepmother, who both worked at GM in Detroit. Okay. A foolproof business that will never fall apart. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> but both of those, GM and Detroit, will stand forever. Um, <laughs> David spent the weekends at his mother's place with her boyfriend. And David's father ex exuded an air of cool guy macho-ness. Ooh, ooh. Uh, growing up, he played soccer, baseball, and joined the Boy Scouts. He explored all the time with his friends having a fun time. See, this, so Gabe, this is the part where he was talking about the extreme detail that makes you go, huh, I wonder where this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> it also makes you wonder, how did he find out what sports he played when he was a kid? <laughs> I feel like you've already read the next line of this. <laughs> That ended at the age of 10 when his step-grandfather gave him the Golden Book of Chemistry Experiments. Oh, my God. The book offered fun and exciting possibilities through science, and David loved it. I also went through since. Got him. Not, I swear I'm not dyslexic. That's fine. Um, it had experiments that went from evaporation to filtering rayon and alcohol. So he's making moonshine. Nice. <laughs> at, at 10. Lit. At the age of 10. That's pretty nice. I mean, I was doing it tw at 12, but no big deal. Uh, <laughs> within two years, at age 12, he was reading his dad's college chemistry textbooks easy. Okay. Uh, when he would stay with his mother, she would come downstairs in the morning to find him surrounded by o open volumes of Encyclopedia Britannica. Cool kid. Uh, his bedroom at his father's house had a laboratory and copies of prudent practices for handling hazardous chemicals and laboratories and the story of atomic energy. By 14, he had made nitroglycerin. Oh, nice. <laughs> like how at 14, he's making nitroglycerin and me at 14. I was just like, jerking off sounds interesting and I like the Ramones. Well, well, 14, Jesus Christ, that was a while ago, huh? I was learning how to 
skate. And he's, you... ma- he's making a bomb. <laughs> he was making a bomb. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. Fourteen. You know. I was getting Uno confiscated from me in the lunchroom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all—that's that's contraband right there. How dare you, son of a bitch! It's fucking oh. Uno. <laughs> <laughs> this is the moment when Gabe strikes back. He's got a platform now. You're not allowed to have fun, Gabe. Don't you know that? Idiot. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> they, they, they take it away. And Gabe's under the like, I'm gonna draw it for you, motherfucker. <laughs> Wild card. Uh, <laughs> he comes up to shift some Wild card. <laughs> runs away. Uh, so David's family were okay with the interest in chemistry and science, but became concerned after the chemical skill chemical spills became common and an explosion in the bedroom ruined the walls and floors. I feel like the words chemical spill and common should never be associated. Those are two so things the, you do not they want took together. The, he's blowing up the roof. <laughs> so they took the obvious step. Uh, they moved his lab to the basement. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, he's just, so now he's just taking the whole house with him when he goes. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, foundation up, I'm taking it all. <laughs> Uh, David had a few after-school jobs to fund his experiments, and he started to fail at every class except his science classes. Wow. He had a simple, simple goal uh, to collect a sample of every element on the periodic table. And uh, his science teacher noted how odd he was by saying, (laughs) my dream at that age was to buy a car. Why is that his goal? (laughs) Wait, what? He's a fucking lunatic for science. I don't know. I can't imagine ever looking at the periodic table and be like, I want all that. I want every one of them. Like, <laughs> especially the ones that the teacher like was saying, hey, that one's hazardous. I'm like, that one. I want that one. The one that will melt Those... my skin off. <laughs> oh, he might get a hold of some. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> he had a girlfriend, and it was a decent relationship. Although, when going to his, her mother's second wedding, the mom said, he was nice and presentable, but we had to tell him not to talk to anybody. He could eat or drink, but for God's sake, don't talk to the guest about the food's chemical composition. <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to invite you to the wedding, but you can't talk to anyone. <laughs> Come to the wedding, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, that's what I'm going to say. I was going to say to Gabe when I invite Gabe to the wedding. What's Gabe doing? Gabe's getting food. I am not getting food. <laughs> These that's are pop saying. rocks. Oh, it's pop rocks. Yeah, that's not food. That's different. <laughs> hey. Good for an audio medium. I can't wait for Kyle to go through Gabe's audio. <laughs> to to pop it in the <laughs> I'm really weighing up whether to keep it in or cut it. Absolutely keep it in. <laughs> um, so, uh, by the way, I did have to cut that joke. That I made it the last flipbook podcast that was, what was or the last reel to reel. I may have related certain people with certain bad people. Oh, okay. Oh, I think I'll I remember tell, that. I'll tell Gabe after it, but <laughs> he had to cut it. <laughs> I, I had to cut it, and then I had to record a thing that was like, "Hey, listen. So, at this point, I was a bit tired, and I may have overstepped my boundary, so I cut out the joke. But here's the basic gist, and uh, you can tell when it comes back. Riley isn't really prepared for what I just said." All right, we're back to it, and it just cuts back to Riley going, uh, well, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm really glad we spent all that time talking about a different episode of the podcast. <laughs> of, of a different podcast. Go listen um, to that one. Uh, that hasn't come out yet. I'll pu- publish Ooh. it after this. Uh, it even got weird uh, with the scouts. He showed up to a scout. I'm sorry. Okay, just in case like I missed a part of it, can you like start over? Because I wasn't really paying attention. 
Okay, so Wait, don't, don't, start, don't, don't start over. Don't ignore I'm it. talking about from the beginning. <laughs> I'll give you a, a run no, or two. I just fucking with you. I was fucking like, this guy you. is fucking in love with science. So he showed up to a scout meeting, bright orange, because he overdosed on a chemical he was using to try to perfect artificial tanning. Overdosed. <laughs> So he just shows up and like yeah, he shows up and just tries to plow through it. He's like, "Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, I'm a bit orange. So what's the what's on the docket today for the meeting?" And it was like, "You're you're a carrot." <laughs> uh, so at scout camp, a hole was blown in the communal tent when someone lit the magnesium in his bag that he was going to use to make homework homemade fireworks. Uh, there's a couple things that startled me. One, didn't know there was a communal tent <laughs> at Boy Scout camp. I would not like that. Also, they're all like 13, so that's just uncomfortable. Um, and then, you're blowing a hole in the tent. You'd just be like, fucking hell. But you know well, those... Lit... You said they lit, some random people lit the magnesium he had? Yeah. Well, what were they trying to do? Yeah, I, again, it's just a fuck up from the beginning. They just happened upon know, this thing and they're like, oh, let's set it on fire. Don't know Boy what the Scout, fuck it is. Boy Scout, like, troop leaders are like stubborn assholes. So they're like, well, now we have to deal with David's mistake and we have to sleep in a tent with a hole open. And people are like, bears are coming in. I'm in pain. <laughs> um, I'm in pain. What the fuck? This part throws me for a loop. Somehow he is expelled from the Scouts, um, okay. but he gets back in. Somewhere okay. down the road. I think he joined another troop or something. Uh, right. But his right they, be... they didn't back check or background check or anything. No, like, hey, he, weird. The Boy Scouts do, don't do background checks. Odd. Um, odd. <laughs> and his erratic behavior was starting to scare his dad and stepmom. Uh, right. Throughout the story, the stepmom is the one that's doling out any sort of punishment. There's very rarely punishment, but she's the one doling it out. Okay. Um, they thought he was selling drugs. So they would do surprise pop-ins at the library where he said he was, and they would find him surrounded by chemistry textbooks. Like making a fort out of chemistry textbooks at a table. Okay. Uh, Then one day there was a massive explosion in the basement that shook the foundation of the house. They run downstairs and they find him unconscious on the floor (laughs) with his eyebrows smoking. (laughs) What he had done was he had cut all the match heads off of like a hundred matches which is red phosphorus and he didn't realize that if you pulverize that with a screwdriver long enough it will explode nice uh, and so he's just jamming match heads with the screwdrivers and fuck it explodes <laughs> he's getting his pop rocks warmed up uh-huh. <laughs> he's getting them all ready to go i don't know what you're uh, talking about <laughs> everybody can hear it <laughs> everyone can hear it oh no just talking about <laughs> um <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> his stepmother said no more experiments in the house. Nope. So, he moved them to the potting shed at his mother's place. Now, to be fair, I pulled that move in high school when my mother would ground me and I'd go to my father's house and then I'd go out and hang out with my friends because I wasn't grounded there. <laughs> I was like, this is what I have a social life. That's a pretty, that's a good move. Monday, Wednesday, and every other weekend, I can see friends. <laughs> my mother, my mother knew about it and she was just like, that motherfucker. <laughs> there was a couple of times I bumped into my mom out and I was like, hey, sorry about it. Ooh, um, whoops. <laughs> this is uncomfortable. Remember how I'm grounded at your place. Um, so his mother and stepfather admired how committed he was to whatever he was doing in the potting shed. Not what? having any idea what was going on. Uh, David puzzled them when he would walk out wearing a gas mask, 
But they, they thought it was just because they were dumb. They were like, ah, we're too dumb to get what's going on in the potting shed. He's making very intricate pots. <laughs> but they're picturing just like massive sculpture pots, and he's just like, I'm lighting match heads. I just found a, um, you know, Jimmy Neutron. Oh, maybe this was. What if this was the inspiration? Oh, no. <laughs> They're just like, let's just take Jimmy Neutron, make him child friendly, and give him a bunch of weird fucking friends. <laughs> like a fat kid who likes llamas. <laughs> this guy's only friend is a Geiger counter. Um, and that is true. That was a bad joke. Uh, he then became obsessed with creating the new energy. Always saying, one of these days, we're gonna run out of oil. Um, <laughs> this is also, he's only like 14 at the time. Um, his father thought there, that the issue was no discipline in David's life. So instead of, uh, you know, disciplining him and being like, cut this fucking shit out, he yeah. decided he'd set a goal for David that he never achieved. Becoming okay. an Eagle Scout. Oh, okay, wow. To become an Eagle Scout, you had to get 21 badges. 10 are mandatory, and 11 are your choice. David decided to get the Atomic Energy Badge. He's the Jesus only person Christ. in the history of his town and troop to ever attempt to get it. <laughs> um, he created... <laughs> He created a pamphlet about atomic energy and reached out to the American Nuclear Society, the Edison Electric Institute, and stopped by his lo hospital's local radiology unit. He was awarded the badge five months before his 15th birthday. Jesus Christ. He then set... Yeah, he's still 14. Jesus Christ. He then set his goal <laughs> on creating a breeder reactor. I don't know if either of you know what a breeder reactor is. <laughs> what the fuck is gaped? It all came out. It's fucking Pop Rocks. Kyle's gonna have fucking fever dreams about the pop runs. <laughs> when I'm editing this, I'll be like, "You motherfucker!" I don't know what I don't know whatever it was you were talking about is Kyle. A breeder reactor. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I don't know. I'll, what the I'll fuck explain that is. it. I'll explain it. Oh good. The principle of a breeder reactor, described by the DOE, the Department of Energy, is that, and this is their description. Quote: Imagine you have, imagine you have a car, <laughs> and begin a long drive. When you start, you have a half a tank of gas. When you return home, instead of being nearly empty, your gas tank is full. A breeder reactor is like this magic car. A breeder reactor not only generates electricity, but it also produces a new fuel. Okay. Can you, can you hear that, by the way? Wait, wait, wait. Could you repeat that last part? A breeder reactor creates <laughs> electricity and new fuel for it to create electricity. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's so exciting. it just keeps generating energy, which is exciting. And how do you, the fact that what? How do you do this? You have to combine certain elements and reactions and all this. Stuff. I don't know. I'm not a fucking scientist. Game. The tough part is. Wait, are we talking about like yellow cake? Yeah, don't drop that yellow cake. <laughs> okay, good. The tough part is it's tough to stop. Um, every time that there's been a reactor built in the U.S., it's had to ha be shut down because there's almost a massive nuclear meltdown that could have ruined massive areas. Classic. And so now a high school teenager is like, I'm going to build my own. The government <laughs> couldn't do it, but I will. I can. Um, and I can make it work. Um, David didn't have the finances like the major energy companies or the U.S. government. Uh, so he would create aliases. And used a Geiger counter he ordered from Scottsdale, Arizona. That that's probably the most obscure fact that I know. He's got a Geiger counter from Scottsdale. Why but did you do? Why? Did, okay, it was just in an article. A lot of this comes from an article I read from. I think I can't remember. I was I was like I need to remember this to give it credit, but I forgot. 
That's okay, good. That's if fine. you look him up, though, it's like the only article I've ever written about him, it and every other article is like, you should go read this one. R Riley's looking puzzled. The, my Alexa just told me what time it is for some reason. Okay, it's time to kill you. Also, it got it wrong. It said it was 10.15. It's not. I don't know why I said it is. <laughs> what a dumb bitch. That's what I said. <laughs> Gabe's just insulting Alexa. She deserves it. Um, He taped his Geiger counter to the dashboard of his Pontiac 6000. Um, <laughs> what? David first started towards the reactor by setting the goal to, quote, irradiate anything he could, uh, end quote, and he would have to build a gun to bombard isotopes with neutrons. He needed to build a ray gun. He often, in the creation of this, people are going to be like, how are you going to make a ray gun? He would cite his own pamphlet. He's like, well, if you read the pamphlet, people are like, yeah, you, re you wrote the pamphlet, asshole. Of course you're going to cite that. Um... Um, so, he, that's how he found out about a lot of his materials. David began writing to all of the atomic energy agencies and energy companies, writing up to 20 letters a day, posing as a physics professor uh, with the NRC. Okay. Uh, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission provided him with almost any information he asked for. And was what? able to give him pricing options for materials needed. He found... <laughs> He found all the radioactive materials in old smoke, smoke detectors, which he bought about a hundred of from a company for a dollar a piece, claiming it was for a school project. In luminous dial clocks, where he went crazy when it, with a lady when he found out she had uh, some of the chemical in, in paint cans. And uh, using it all together, put it in a container, then wrapped that container in aluminum foil, and then poked a hole through it all. And then he could point that hole at things and radiate things. Okay, so it's a ray gun. He has a ray gun that he can now just point at anything. <laughs> By the way, built with smoke detector parts, clock parts. Uh, I forgot to add, there's like gun sight parts and aluminum foil. Nice. Cool. Normal uh, thing. Just teenage things. So he was like, well, obviously I have to radiate something. And so he set his sights on uranium-235. Nice. Um, he would drive around upstate Michigan with the Geiger counter taped to the dash. And just and look for he would me. just look for hot rocks. And <laughs> didn't find much. Which, by the way, imagine being like... He was still dating his girlfriend. So it's like, hey, you want to go on this date with me? We're just going to drive around looking for hot rocks. She's like, <laughs> she thinks it's a euphemism, not understanding that he's just staring at a Geiger counter the entire time. I'm seeing him pour more and more pop rocks in his mouth. And I'm just hating... The fact that I'm gonna have to edit that more and more. I think it's fantastic. I think I think having a having a pop pop rock eating <laughs> yeah, wild he card. He opens his mouth to laugh, and it's all I can hear. <laughs> I think having a pop rock eating wild card on the podcast is excellent. That's what we're missing. <laughs> um, so he wrote to a Czechoslovakian firm that sold uranium, claiming to be a college professor with a reference from the NRC, and was able to get a few sam few samples of black ore which contained uranium. David smashed the ore with a hammer, and realizing he needed something to isolate the uranium, he made his own nitric acid. Nice. He then combined it all, and then tried to filter it. Do you want to take a guess what he tried to use to filter it? Uh, no. A coffee filter. I oh. thought you were going to say that. <laughs> Gabe's on there, he's like, coffee filter, tip of my tongue. Oh, damn, too late. <laughs> um... Uh, after miscalculating the solubility of uranium, which he, again, obtained from a Czechoslovakian firm, he lost it all. So now he just has a uranium-filled <laughs> coffee filter. He's like, well, fuck, now I can't get it out. 
David then wanted to radiate thorium-232, and after studying his pamphlet and buying uh, hundreds of gas lamps and thousands of dollars and a thousand dollars worth of thorium batteries, he created purified thorium. Does anybody want to guess how many times radioactive it was than what's naturally found in nature? Seven. Eight. Nine thousand. Oh, yeah. We were pretty close, yeah. 170 times more. We were close. (laughs) It was also 170 times the level that the NRC requires a license to own. Okay. David had a few more nuclear experiments before creating his own breeder reactor. He made... What he did... Here's his protection. I know you're worried about how he's protecting himself... I'm Are you sure worried. this is all real? Yes, because yeah, <laughs> so... I've I've seen pictures of him. You can definitely tell this is a guy who's been around too much radioactive material. Um, I mean, he has a girlfriend. I feel like that's just a little far stretched. <laughs> she leaves. Um, oh, okay. After what we're about to get into, she wow, leaves. you just ruined the ending for me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the gonna be. Yeah, this movie sucks, quick. <laughs> so he had a poncho, a lead poncho. And he was having to throw out his clothes after every trip to the potting shed. Nice. Um, This is a quote from the article. Ignoring any thought of safety, David took out the fuel from his ray gun, combined it with a few more radioactive elements, and created the core for his reactor. Yeah. So this is the core of a nuclear reactor he's just made. Uh, So he wraps that in an aluminum foil and just covers it with a blanket. (laughs) <laughs> and at least for a couple of weeks, he's like, let's see how radioactive that becomes. That's what I would have like, yeah, just... <laughs> The foil the and the core were all held together with duct tape. Nice. Um, David monitored it, saying, quote, this is from him, it was radioactive as heck. And uh, <laughs> eventually realized he was putting other people in danger uh, because it was starting to grow too fast, like it always does. Um, he tried to use cobalt, recommended by a friend. Uh, who worked at friend? Burger King? Yeah, a friend that works who worked at, at Burger, Burger King. King? <laughs> he's like, he's at Burger King. Guy's like, he's just sat there like, hey, yeah, can I get a Whopper? So yeah, I got a nuclear reactor in my potting shed. Guy's like, uh, do you want that large? You should try cobalt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, when he was still picking up ri- high radiation signs on his Geiger counter, five doors down from his place, Jesus he decided Christ. he had too much of it in one spot and wanted to break it down and spread it apart. The tough part about this is it's incredibly difficult to break them down. Um, but he breaks down parts of it and he puts it in the back of the Pontiac. Um, right. at 2.40 a.m. in August 1994, Gabe, you're new to this podcast, so I'm just going to tell you now. If I've got a time and a date, shit's about to kick off. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, this is good to know. Uh, I'm going to not the Cl- pay attention. Good. Um, the Clinton Township Police went out to a call regarding a young man in a residential neighborhood trying to steal tires. Oh, good. <laughs> when they showed up, they found David, who said he was trying. He said he was just casually was leaning against the car. Said he was waiting to meet his friends at two forty in the morning. Classic. Uh, so cops were like, "All right, well, we're gonna search the car." Um, when they opened the trunk, they found a toolbox shut with a padlock and duct tape. The trunk also had over fifty foil-wrapped cubes of a mysterious gray powder, small discs and cylindrical metal objects, lantern mantles. Mercury switches, a clock face, oars, fireworks, vacuum tubes, and assorted chemicals and acids. Wow, that's, that big trunk, huh? 
Yeah, it's spacious. He's also got the spare in the back, too. Um, <laughs> the police were scared by the toolbox, and when David said, don't open that up, it's radioactive, they thought it was an atomic bomb. Reasonable. <laughs> Reasonable, because it essentially is. But, so they make the smart decision of going, that's probably an atomic bomb. And then they make the dumb decision of going, you know how we deal with this. Tow the car back to the police station. Uh, so they tow the car with what they think is an atomic bomb in the trunk back to the place where everybody works. Yeah, good um, good, good idea. Which you know everybody else there was like, really? Really, Steve? Ask me. <laughs> you gonna bring this here? Um, what an idiot. Uh, this is and later on, the arresting cop, the cop who arrested David was like, yeah, I, that was dumb. Um, <laughs> once they pieced together what was in the trunk, a federal radiological emergency response plan was put into place with the help from the DOE, the EPA, the FBI, and the NRC. All, yeah, okay. David was a dick about the whole thing and uncooperative. <laughs> they what were, a dick. They were like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, listen, fuck off. Um, <laughs> somebody's it's my worried. roommates, I'm sorry. Oh, I thought, by the way, I thought it was Riley's roommates. They're a little... Um, <laughs> He gave the address for his dad's place, um, but not his mom's potting shed. Then on Thanksgiving, David Menard of the DPH, I don't know what that stands for. I was supposed to look it up. I forgot to. Department of Public Health. Now I remembered. I did look it up. The DPH. Oh, DPH. DPH. Department of Public Health. Department of Public Health. Public Health. He interviewed David on Thanksgiving. Okay. Yes. Interviewed David on Thanksgiving. Now, just frame of reference, David was found with the stuff in August. He's okay. being interviewed on Thanksgiving, interviewed on Thanksgiving. Day. Right. And uh, in the interview, it's like recording, David said he hoped his successes with the breeder reactor would get him Eagle Scout status. Eagle Scout <laughs> status. And admitted then, he was like, oh yeah, I also have a potting shed lab. Which David was essentially like, I'm sorry, what? Um... <laughs> The lab was searched, and they didn't find much except high levels of radiation, like a vegetable yeah. can that tested 1,000 times more radioactive than a normal vegetable oh. can. <laughs> <laughs> um, what they didn't know was that David's mother threw most of the equipment away once he was arrested in fear that the government would take her house. Menard later said of the investigation, yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> the funny thing is, they only got the garbage, and the garbage got all the good stuff. Oh. By June of the next year, $60,000 were spent to clean up the area. Oh. An area where David put 40,000 people in danger of a nuclear meltdown. <laughs> All the radiological commissions and agencies didn't have rules for this type of situation because they figured a normal person wouldn't try to build a breeder reactor in their potting shed. Hmm. Classic David, mistake. David, Classic. Only, David Menard, the guy from Department of Public Health, only knew that the stuff got thrown away later when a reporter was like, so did you ever find the stuff in the trash? And he was like, I'm sorry, what oh, stuff what? in the trash? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Could you, excuse me? <laughs> um, so <clears throat> after this, David enrolled in the local community college. Uh, and he majored in metallurgy, but skipped most classes either in a bed. <laughs> wow, well, okay. Or, excuse me. Or driving around circles. Driving in circles around the block in the Pontiac. His mother forced him to join the Air Force or move out, and in a weird move, he was he enrolled and was placed on the nuclear-powered USS Enterprise aircraft carrier. Smart. He was a low-rung guy, 
and after a while became obsessed with steroids, genetic code, prototype reactors, and a real curveball, criminal law. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> after leaving the army, he bought an apartment and had a cat. He tried to synthesize pure cat Wait, food. Wait, whoa, 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 And had a cat. <laughs> Just... Well, that's important because he eventually starts trying to synthesize pure cat Whatever food. happened to like, his girlfriend? She's gone. Oh, she's okay. gone. She, he's got the cat now. Oh, okay, okay. Obviously. Um, he also became obsessed with luminous clocks. The same ones that he would break down to get radioactive material. Okay. He claimed that he, he felt the whole scenario had only taken about five minutes. Wait, 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 guys, guys, guys. It's 11-11. Make a wish. I wish you weren't on this podcast. <laughs> My wish is that you don't have any more Pop Rocks. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm not sustainable, so it's all good. Oh, dude, the wish granted. Uh, <laughs> he had been diagnosed with mental issues and struggled with some hardcore drugs like cocaine and meth. Hey, that's my boy. Oh. In 2016, David passed away at 39 from alcohol poisoning, according to his father. Damn. His blood content level... Now, most blood content levels like 0. 0.0 something, right? Yeah. His was 0. 0.404. Wow. So, 40% of his blood was alcohol when he died. <laughs> Holy fuck. I admire him. <laughs> I, I don't he, know. <laughs> he buckled it down. He also had a small radio radiation injury. Apparently, he burned himself on nuclear material in the 90s. I wonder how. <laughs> yeah, that's the story of David Hahn. Uh, I feel like there's a really good moral to be learned here. Uh, don't try to join the Eagle Scouts. <laughs> I was going to show the Eagle Scouts, too. Yeah. I was going to fuck the Eagle Scouts. Bad. Bad, bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is, if anything, this is the advertisement that Playboy should be running right now. <laughs> They're failing. They're going to be like, look what happens when people don't have us. They just build nuclear reactors in their potting shed. <laughs> That's a pretty um, good. Yeah, I just was like, I just heard that story, and I was like, that needs to be told. A man with a ray gun who builds a nuclear reactor all by the time he graduates high school. And uh, me graduating high school, I was like, I don't, I can't do anything. I can't even cook macaroni <laughs> and cheese. I still can't. Hey, cooking's um, hard, man. Don't be, don't be yourself up. It's like weird. I can grill, but I cannot cook normal things to save my life. <laughs> I'm like gr gr grill salmon. Yes, I can. Make cook. Make an aching, aching, egg and bacon sandwich. I still struggle with. I struggle with speaking. Um, because I was dropped as a child. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at KyleTJ1031. You can follow Riley on Twitter at an epics man epics with an X. Gabe, what's your Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> Gabe's underscore shakes. Gabe shakes. Gabe shakes. I was there for the creation of Gabe shakes. It's, Boy, was it magical. It's still it's still going strong, boys. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say this. In all honesty, I've had a Gabe shake. Oh, That's the best fucking shake I've ever had in my own goddamn life. Excellent. It's truly Anytime excellent. I get a milkshake, I'm like... Because he put, like, candy in the shake. And I'm like... Every time I have a shake, I'm like... This isn't Gabe's shake. <laughs> I um, tried to, <laughs> I tried to make a lazy shake the, uh, over summer break. Did not go well. It's it's hard, definitely. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> when I'm back for winter break, we're just gonna come over to Gabe's place and be like, "Can you just make a shake?" Milkshakes, please. <laughs> of course, of course, anytime, especially for the boys. Hey. Don't fucking say that, cause I will take you up on that. Goddamn <laughs> Saturdays for the boys. <laughs> 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 um <laughs> all right in a similar note um 
tell a friend about this podcast. Tell mm-hmm. a boy on Saturday about this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, uh, how many friends? Ooh. Uh, by the way, I'm just, I had a conversation with somebody today, and they're like, "Why do you see so many movies?" I was like, "Well, I would see so many movies if I had a social life." Ooh. Um, and then the guy, then the conversation turned into that, and I was like, "So what's going on with you?" Um, uh, yeah, tell a friend, review, like on uh, iTunes, and yeah, that's all I can think of right now. You guys are on iTunes now. We How are on iTunes. iTunes. It's and SoundCloud. I, I follow you guys on SoundCloud. I didn't know about iTunes. Dude, follow us on iTunes, bro. Get the Towards fuck around at. iTunes. <laughs> I don't use iTunes. Yeah, I don't either, but I need to use it though. <laughs> Alright, and uh, we're out. And uh, uh, we're out. I'll, I'll be and, back. Uh, we're out. And uh, we're out.